everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. And it's an edition of the Buffalo Wings and Rings mailbag. And we're not going to give what day of the week it is, Derek, because who knows what day it is. It'll be it'll be in your feed when it gets there, whenever <laughs> that is. Uh, but no, we got a pretty, I think, exclusive, it looks like. Wasn't by design, but I'm scrolling through these questions. I think it'll probably be a pretty much just a UK basketball mailbag. Um, obviously, a lot going on, and uh, we are here to answer your questions. Yeah, we are. And uh, this mailbag edition, as always, is brought to you by Buffalo Wings and Rings in London, Kentucky. Derek, uh, someone asked me where I want to go for my birthday, and I actually told them that I want to go to Wings and Rings. So me and one of my friends are actually planning to drive to London this week, one evening, and to go get wings and rings. Whether that be in the building, takeout, it doesn't matter. I want to go try some of those delicious wings, those chicken tenders, all those delicious sauces they have. It's located right there in London off of I-75. I highly recommend if you've not been to Buffalo Wings and Rings that you get out there. If you pass it up, you better go find the exit and turn back and go back again because that, that's that's how solid the food is there. The atmosphere is there. When games return for UK and stuff in the fall, if you can't make it out to Kroger Field or Rupp Arena, Buffalo Wings and Rings is the place to go. And if you're coming up from Millsboro or somewhere, it's not as far of a drive. You don't have to go away to Lexington to watch the game. You can stop in London. Uh, so I, I highly recommend you to get out there to that location. But Derek, just to fill people in, we are recording now under the assumption that Ty Washington is obviously trending to Kentucky. And then the latest news, it appears that Kentucky and Xavier Wheeler, the transfer from Georgia, are also heating things up as uh, as we come down the home stretch here as, as John Calipari tries to wrap up uh, this roster and his backcourt with no point guards as it stands on the roster for next season. So I know we're going to have a lot of mailback questions about that. So let's just go ahead and jump in. What, what are you hitting me with, Derek? Let's start with a question that is not regarding – the backcourt. It comes from Smooth86. <laughs> Do you think UK pursues another big to back up Oscar Sheboy? I don't. Well, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't. Just because, and, and some people might be worried about it because of Lance Ware being what I think will be the, the primary backup five with, with Sheboy. Damian Collins is a thinner frame, and I, I know that's where this question's coming from, is because uh, obviously Damian is, he has a ton of potential. But there's also it. It's one of those things. I think that uh, you could see him becoming a stud right away, and I could also see him struggling out of the gate. It's a guy that didn't start playing basketball until a few years ago. He's he's never touched a weight. He won't touch a weight until he gets on campus at UK. But I think that's where that question comes from. But no, I don't. And the the reason being is I do think. And now John Calipari could prove me wrong and make me look like a fool. And if he does. I'm going to be pretty upset. But I think Cal is going to commit to this four-out, one-in look. Derek, I really do, the way this roster is taking shape. And I think that's why they don't go get another big. The only way I think they get a forward or someone along those lines is if Keon Brooks says he's not coming back. And in terms of having that other, like, physical presence, that was pretty much the role of Lance Ware, it seemed like. You would think with another year maturing, another year in the weight room, that he could still handle some of that. It won't be obviously the same as a guy like Sheboy, who was just a, a monster of a human being. But I mean, Ware's a pretty big kid in his own right. And uh, honestly, until he 
kind of improves on his offensive skill set, I think that might be some of his best value is, is doing some dirty work, getting the rebounds, uh, and things like that. Anything else you want to add to that? No, that that pretty much covers that one. All righty. I'm just scrolling through here. Uh, got a ton of basketball. Do you have a ton? Of, so I think this question's – this question is kind of the same thing. I'm just going to read it out. I don't know if we even really need to answer it, but it comes from Wesley. He said, I've touched on this before, but I seem to be in the minority on this topic. I'm concerned about our size and physicality if Oscar gets in foul trouble or hurt. You mentioned how Collins got pushed around with ease this past week, and I don't see that changing once the season starts. So, yeah, you kind of already touched on that. Yeah, um, and that is a concern. I would I would agree with Wesley there that it is a concern, and that's where you hope Ware does progress to the point as a sophomore that he can give you more, uh, but at least be a big body there. Uh, I, I don't know how much they're going to get away with Damian Collins playing the five by himself with like a Keon Brooks or a Jacob Toppin at the four. I, I really don't. Yeah, M- Maybe against – if they're playing a physical big that will just bully you in the post and get position on you. Now, we should also add that Damian Collins is going to block his fair share of shots, Derek, and I think yeah. that his length alone could alter an impact. But as far as hitting the glass and rebounding, that that's where uh, I think you need Damian to kind of get some strength and stuff over these five, six months he's going to be in Lexington before the season starts. So it's actually kind of funny because the way that these are listed on your Twitter page, it's not really in order. But uh, Wesley, I believe this was in reference to what he just asked, but he said, I know a lot of people believe Ware will be that guy, but I guess I'm not as high on, his, on him as others. I, <laughs> I did not see that before I uh, used Ware as an example. But Wesley says, I use Baylor as an example. I think they had three big, muscular guys that kind of rotated in and out against Gonzaga and served that physical rebounding, make you uncomfortable role. It does. And when you have those bodies in there, you, you think twice about beating and banging with them. I mean, they're they're in your head. But it's they're in your head also too when you have guys like Collins with the length that he has and the ability mm-hmm. to block shots. Um, if the give if and take, they, right? I mean, you you do you have to get you have to take something away to you know to get something or um, just the way that his length is, Derek. I think that he's going to affect a number of shots, and if that becomes his role at Kentucky this year, like let's say Shibway is really good, and let's say that Ware is improved to the point that he can buy you 14, 15, 16 minutes a game and give you steady play, at least rebounding defense. Doesn't have to score the ball, in my opinion, uh, especially with the, the options Kentucky has on the perimeter. But let's say Damian Collins' role at Kentucky is to to run the floor, to block shots, to sprint out of ball screens and run to the rim and be an energy guy. I could see that being like the perfect role for him. And I know we're going to – I'm going to save a lot on Collins because I know we're going to get into some more questions about him because I already see some. But. Well, it's actually from Wesley as well. Oh. Uh, he said, Jonathan Gavani labeled Collins as a boomer bust pro- prospect. Do expectations need to be tampered with him based off his performance this past weekend? How do you all project his produ- production compared to Jackson's this past season? Can he match it? So probably wherever you're going with that thought will, will fit right yeah, here. Yeah, that, that's exactly the question I was looking at. Uh, Wesley, thank you for – jumping in the mailbag like that that's that's a lot to elaborate on and we we enjoy these questions like this and I would say obviously given what Kentucky had this past season with their freshmen the way they struggled I don't think that anyone coming into the program as a freshman I will ever put high expectations on again because we saw how horribly it can fail Mm -hmm. Um, and with Damian and his body 
he did get pushed around. Like I said, I watched him and Paolo Bancaro, and this is a very unfair uh, comparison because Paolo Bancaro, Derek, looks like he's probably a grown man with a family. That's how big he is. Like he looks like a massive human being and someone I wouldn't want to run into in the post, but he absolutely destroyed Damian Collins on a loose ball going for a board. And that is where I think that can, that he will have some issues. So I would say to, yeah, temper the expectations. I'm not, I know that there's obviously like you said, like, like you said, boom or bust. I could see Damian Collins being a one and done. I could also see Damian Collins being a guy that's at Kentucky for two years and turns into a very, very solid player and eventually an NBA draft pick. I do think that NBA draft is in his future. And when he's a guy that, Derek, whenever it happens, and I don't know if it happens right away. I don't know if it happens in December or January because there's a lot of room for him to grow. And I think that it could, depending on how, how quickly this happens, how quickly does he develop, uh, we remember Anthony Davis when he stepped foot on campus at UK. Obviously, this is a horrible comparison because Davis was just an out-of-this-world player. But if you remember Anthony Davis early in the season, he was nowhere near what Anthony Davis was in March and April. And I'm not saying the yeah. same trajectory, but just talking about improvement. What What is Damian Collins' best basketball as a freshman? Uh, but as far as Isaiah Jackson – I'm not going to say he li- he compares and lives up to what Jackson did this year. I think Jackson is a more complete player. I think just uh, I wouldn't. I don't think that he can do the exact same stuff that Jackson did this year. Obviously, we heard the buzz about Jackson, but I don't think we all expected Jackson to be that good. Damian Collins is a top ten prospect, Derek, based off of long term potential, in my opinion, not more so what he is right now. Yeah, Collins is pretty fascinating to me because he was kind of a late riser, but now he's in the top ten. Apparently plays right at like a tiny Texas high school. Yeah. So he's not really seeing great high school competition. I don't know how many times he's been in the kind of setting. Well, obviously for any of those guys when you're all, you know, in an all-star game where all the best guys are there, that's a little different. But even on the AAU circuit prior to, to this past year, I don't know what kind of matchups he was in. So I'm a little ignorant from that standpoint. He – he does strike. I think that's probably a decent way. I don't want to say boom or bust yet. I got, yeah. If he's not a surefire one and done, then I certainly don't think he's a bust by any means. But I do wonder what his mentality might be because obviously some of his intangibles will be very tantalizing to NBA scouts. But on the surface, he strikes me as someone who might be pretty raw yeah, coming raw. into college. So yeah. uh, he will be a very interesting guy to watch and, and – you might be able to find out. I think you made some really good points right there. And maybe early in the year, it will be hard to judge someone like that because he does seem to be the kind of guy you've seen some freshmen really accelerate from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And so you know what helps will him? Be interesting. You what? know what helps him though is, is Oscar having Oscar Sheboy is going to help. You have to toughen there. up real quick. It, <laughs> Practice exactly. Against that guy. You toughen up real quick, and then you, he takes pressure off of him too, in my opinion. Where this year, Olivier Saar. Olivia started, I thought, ended up doing very well for the situation that he was put in. He he came to Kentucky. They they desperately needed a big. The same way they desperately need a point guard right now, John Calperi was searching for a big man this time last year. And they got it in Saar, but Saar wasn't really the best 
fit alongside with what they wanted to do, Derek. And, right. and I think that if we were putting Damian Collins along a, a similar situation, I think that he would struggle. But with it being Oscar Sheboy, a, a guy who is just a physical specimen that has experience, has played in the Big 12 and played in the major conference, had that uh, conference or that major college basketball experience, I think that that is going to help Damian Collins. I also think that Lance Ware having the college experience that he has is going to help. And then you know what else could help too? You get a Keon Brooks back because Damian Collins, for his he he's to me, he's going to be more of a four than a five. He likes to play facing the basket some. He likes to try to shoot the three. I, I noticed him in warm-ups. He knocked down some threes. He, he knocked down some mid-range jumpers. I could see Keon Brooks being a big piece for his development as well, going up against him, working with him, learning under him. And I think that's what makes Collins so appealing is what exactly does he become? Is he a face-up four? Does he add some weight and become uh, an elite shot blocker with with some bulk too where he could play the five and add some some strength and some weight to his body? Obviously, we know, Derek, the moment he touches weights, he's going to add some some meat mm-hmm. to his frame. That's just how it works, especially for someone who's never touched a weight before in his life. He's probably going to go undergo one of, in my opinion, one of the probably bigger body transformations in his short time here this summer and into the fall because he's going to get that initial push of nutrition and in the weight room. So you're you're going to see his body change. It's just does it change enough and develop enough to where he can be a dominant force as a freshman? I, I don't know, but I think he will be a very solid player for him. There are some questions this week that have some overlap. I don't know that we're going to read every single question. So for some of you who asked, maybe if we don't read yours, if it's similar to the other, um, that's what we're going to go with for this week, which we still greatly appreciate you guys sending it in. in. I just don't know that from a time perspective, it really makes sense to say the same things over and over. So with that said, we've had a few questions about um, adding another big. About adding, yeah, adding another big. There's a bunch of point guard questions, which is, Perfectly understandable because that's the biggest question right now. So for the sake of this point guard question, which we talked about a lot in the last episode, let's just go ahead and answer it here from Kyle. If Kentucky adds both Wheeler and Washington, would you say the point guard question has been sufficiently answered? Yes. Yes, it has. And, you know, we got into that on another episode talking about Wheeler and uh, Washington, how they kind of coexist and play together. And I think it would. I, I do. You would have – you would have an an elite incoming freshman, one of the better point guards in high school basketball, something that I said two months ago that there wasn't out there, and at the time there wasn't. And then you've added a – if this happens and you get Wheeler, you've added a Power 5 transfer who was an all-SEC performer who has played in a major conference, uh, led the SEC in assists. I think as far as putting everything together, skill sets, yes, I think the backcourt would be addressed given what they have opposite the point guard spot. I think that's what – would make it work. We got a question here from John. He asks, "Do you think there's enough playing time on the basketball roster for returning Mints in an un- incoming Alvarado or Wheeler?" There are a few people asking about Jose Alvarado from Georgia Tech. Maybe this is me having no fun <laughs> with the question, but until he's in the portal, I just don't see much need to to address that. Maybe you want to, but for well, me, I, I just... And, 
and I don't and I don't want to discredit the buzz there with Alvarado yeah, either. I mean, there's a lot of it, but it's just until it's well, there is, and you you just can't. I mean, obviously, we did the same thing with other pieces, like we with C.J. Frederick and stuff. We didn't really discuss it until he officially went in the portal. Same thing with Grady and stuff. But I will say this, Derek: uh, there was someone at the Iverson Classic the other day that is a well-known name that kept mentioning the name Jose Alvarado out of his mouth with Kentucky in the same sentence. But that's what I I think threw off some people about the Savir Wheeler stuff to Kentucky is like that. It, It was so close and stuff there. Like that was being thrown out Saturday to a couple of people. And then of course, when I get home, I start hearing the Savir Wheeler stuff and now you're seeing others uh, talking about Wheeler to Kentucky, but the Alvarado stuff Sure, he's not in the portal yet, but there were people that definitely said it. So I understand why that name is circulating. But you can't really that, – that's the thing. Like, And that's what comes back to it with Wheeler. You can't sit around and wait for someone else to go in the portal because what if they don't? Yeah. And then you're just left standing there without a point guard. I think you think you got to go – if you see someone that can fit your system and what you want to do, I think you're at a point now in the middle of May. You've got to take what you, what's there. You can't just say, oh, hold on he might go on the portal in June or he might withdraw from the draft and transfer in July. You're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You know what else you're doing too? You wait till June, late June, early July. You know what they've missed out on? A full month of being on campus with you. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. We saw that this past season, how big that was. Yeah. And John, I was basically just saying that because there were other people mentioning Alvarado. So to now actually answer your question on, do you think there's enough playing time on the basketball roster for returning mints? And an incoming, basically we'll say Wheeler. Um, enough playing time for whom, I guess, would be the uh, would be the way to answer that. Like I, I said on our last episode, I think six guys in the backcourt is a lot. Cal, I just don't think he's going to play that many in a regular rotation, especially, I mean, if you're playing every guard, <clears throat> excuse me, and then you know those frontcourt guys are going to be rotated in and out too. I just don't know that he really wants to play 10 or 11 guys again this year. So maybe it'll be one of those deals where, you know, the cream rises to the top and whoever plays the best is that's the eight best guys are going to play. Maybe it gets to that point. I think it will take a long time though, to be honest, for that to be decided Uh, probably more than in other years. I don't know how you feel about that, Sean. I I think, I think it could become a bit of a log jam, but I'm also going to toe the line and say, I understand again, people who, Oh, would want Mints back. I think it would make sense to want Mints back, but uh, at a certain point, I just think there there is a such thing as too many guys, and it's just weird for me to think that C.J. Frederick or, or somebody would come here and then not play, not really play much. Yes. So, well, and that's too. That's the thing. Like if 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 Mints does come back, and I think Kentucky would certainly take him back, Derek. Even if you know Wheeler and Washington end up being their backcourt, and then they see June that Mints decides, hey, I want another year of college, but just I think that they're a move away from having a logjam all across the roster, honestly, because if Cal is really committed to playing three perimeter players, three guys who can play at the guard spot, and instead of instead of playing a forward at that three, you play a, a two guard, like a CJ Frederick or push a Kellen Grady to the three with his with his six five frame. Then what you're doing is with Jacob Toppin, if Keon Brooks comes back, Damian Collins, Oscar Shibway, Lance Ware. If they're not playing two bigs together, 
how much does Damian Collins play? I mean, we expect Oscar Sheboy to dominate minutes at the five. If Keon Brooks comes back, we know that he would be penciled in probably as the starter at the four. You know Jacob Toppin's going to play. How many how many minutes do, does Damian Collins get as a freshman or a Bryce Hopkins get as a freshman? Uh, that's why I think this roster could be significant. This could be different. Uh, actually, I will say it. This will be significantly different season than anyone has seen under John Calipari at Kentucky as far as what percentage of points like the classes make up. It's not going to be relying on freshmen as much as it has where we've seen 85, 90% of their offense and every statistic across the board being freshmen. It's not going to be that way this year because they're going to have veteran pieces that I think are going to dominate majority of the minutes. Um, Sorry if I took that a different direction. No, no, you're good. Let's, uh, let's go to a fun question here from our guy Trey. So we got a little scenario here. UK is adding two more pieces to the roster, and you have to choose one from choice one and a second from choice two. Which two are you choosing? So pick one from each category here, Sean. Choice one is uh, Isaiah Jackson, Marcus Carr, Marcus Zagorowski, Jaden Hardy, Tata Washington. Can I just pick two from that one? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be the ideal. Uh, but for choice two, you have Xavier Wheeler, Damian Mintz, Jose Alvarado, Marcus Bagley. So, again, it's another question, you know, with the speculating on some guys who aren't actually in the portal. But uh, we'll play along, I guess. I would take Jane Hardy. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> so here I am again back on my uh, unproven players, but huge potential because Hardy should be uh, – yeah, you, you, have a to, great player. you have to say Jaden Hardy there, right? <laughs> and then two is interesting. I mean, I don't think you can really go wrong with any of these guys, and I'm probably just going to familiarity over anything, but I would say men's. But I could also see, though, wanting to add a more true point guard like Wheeler or Alvarado. But I just, on a personal level, I think I like Dave, or, uh, Davey Hunt-Mintz. So I'm picking him. Yeah, I'm looking at that. Uh, I like Mints. You know how much I like Mints. We talked about it all season and all off season. Um, mm, I would take Wheeler though. If you're if you're taking Hardy as choice one, I take Wheeler as choice two. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like the point guard that really sets the table. And like I said, I I'm, I'm not claiming him to be like the greatest point guard Cal's had or coming in and being like an all SEC guy at Kentucky this year. Like that's the thing. Like if he goes to Kentucky, he might not be an all SEC player at UK. They might not need him to be an all SEC guy, Derek. They might just need him to do those one, two, three things that he does very well and let, you know, other guys have success. And he just kind of mans the show and runs it and has that experience playing in the SEC. Uh, That's why I would pick him there. But very fun question though. Yep. So we got two questions here from Second Take, a regular in our mailbag. First question, any time frame on a decision for Mintz? He puts in parentheses, guessing later through the process, and then also for Keon Brooks or Wheeler. Um, I would agree with you on Mintz. I don't, I don't think that's going to be very soon. Brooks, I just have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I have no idea what uh, when you might hear something with him. Wheeler, though, Sean, I'm going to say relatively soon. Yes. Within pay, days, possibly. Pay pay attention to the weekend. 
yeah. is, is what I would put it at. Uh, I, the question for me right now, Derek, is I think everybody thought that a transfer point guard would be the final piece after Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington could be the final piece. Is Brooks just going to like show up and – August and, and not like, even say anything. I don't, and just know, be on yeah, the like, I don't know what uh, what y'all were wanting me to comment on. I'm just here <laughs> still. Uh, yeah, like um, what are you talking about coming back? Like, yeah, I'm coming back. I've not said anything different, and may, maybe he will. Like, yeah. but and we might not get a press release. We might not get anything confirmed. I, I think Kentucky would put something out though, given the day and age that we live in right now. Either he, either Keon's going to put something on Instagram or something. Uh, but he he's definitely going to wait it out, Derek, and look at the final piece and just see, okay, what is my role? And he, and he should. I, I I think he should wait it out and just see, okay, what does the final roster look like? And is, am I there at the four, or am I going to have to fight and play some minutes with someone at the three? Um, I think that's why Keon's playing the waiting game. And honestly, he deserves so. I mean, he deserves to. He's right here going into a junior season, and I think that, he should play it safe and kind of just look at it and see how he fits with what this roster looks like. Yeah, I agree with that. This other question is uh, is definitely all you. As more time passes with no changes, are you more confident now that Sky Clark stays committed to Kentucky? Given that Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman have started conversations with Sky now that they're on staff and we know that those two build relationships and that's what they're known for, Derek, uh, I think they're picking up right there where, you know, Joel Justice left off when when he left the staff. That was Sky's primary recruiter. Sky said multiple times that he's not moving up his clock and he's not shying away from Kentucky or reconsidering his commitment. So, uh, yeah, I am more confident, getting more confident now that uh, given that Antigua and Coleman have both, you know, reportedly obviously reached out and started discussions with Sky tells me that Sky Clark is still a want for Kentucky, not just something because of Joel Justice was there. Yep, good answers there. So we got a couple here that are uh, pretty interesting, and I don't know that I actually have the answer to it, but it has been in the news here lately. It comes from Jonathan. How quick can we find out if college players can and will get endorsements next year, and do you think there's any way it would sway Hardy? With Mark Emmer, I believe there was a story within the last few days that said he would push for that this yeah. summer, right? I, yeah, I before July early, 1. Yeah, I thought it was early as June. Um, and yeah, with, yeah, before July 1st, yep. And with Hardy, I just think that it's like that, – that was the thing that I got from the weekend at the Iverson Classic too because obviously that news came out Saturday morning and then the Iverson Classic was played Saturday. And there were a lot of names – at the Iverson Classic, and I made I made rounds and talked to a lot of people. Uh, some people, some names that I don't want to you know, throw out there because I don't. They didn't, you know, give me the freedom to share information and stuff that we talked about. But I think had this happened sooner, then maybe it could have changed things and maybe played a bigger impact with Jaden Hardy. But I think the biggest impact obviously will be with the 2022 class and those guys. I think that Jaden Hardy and you know Kentucky's going to I think Kentucky's going to go down swinging Derek. They're going to try to convince Jaden Hardy to come to Kentucky. Why wouldn't you? Oh yeah. But at the same time, I just feel like that the G League has been the decision for a while with Hardy the pro route and I just think that that's what's going to end up being. But when you're talking 
guys been able to make money off their name and endorsements. Whenever this does get done, does anyone have any more appeal than Kentucky? I mean, you're I mean, obviously you're obviously gonna have programs like Carolina and stuff that yeah. are gonna be there. But when you're talking about guys that can, can you imagine how much money Anthony Davis would have made at Kentucky? I still think any any state that is not dominated by a pro yep. sports market is like Absolutely. gonna be best served. So almost every SEC school, pretty well, and then even like a place like Georgia that obviously has a ton of pro sports in Atlanta, like Alabama football players. Yeah, University of Georgia, I think they'll still have plenty. But no, I mean. It's kind of the tricky thing to know, though, right? That's maybe you can put some projections on what a guy like Hardy might make, but in his case with the G League, he has seen, you know, firm. You know, he's got buddies. I'm sure he's friends with Jalen Green. All those guys who have done that. Pros and cons, I'm sure, but those guys did get a paycheck, and he knows that that's what would come to him. Whereas it might be a little bit more guess guesswork. I hope I'm not too wrong in saying that, but I think this is all such a new thing to all of us that it's kind of hard to know how much you can send to make. But you're right, a guy like Anthony Davis. Especially come March, <laughs> well, and probably would have been racking in uh, quite a bit of money. about this too. What would Tyler? Uh, what would Tyler Hero have made off his name? I mean, you, you had would have had the you had I'm a bucket T-shirts being sold like crazy. All the questions about if he cared too much about his celebrity life might have been written by us instead of the Miami <laughs> Heat beat writers, huh? It would have put his face uh, out there. We're worried about his uh, and, celebrity life. A little different, like Snell versus Miami, I'm sure. But, and even uh, on the football side, Benny Snell. Like how many? How much money money, yeah. Like there's there's those athletes that are just polarizing figures at Kentucky that I you know I don't know what it, it's going to change everything. Like uh, it, I, to me it it shifts power back to the the powers back to the Kentuckys, the Carolinas, and the programs that just and you don't even necessarily have to. It's not even about promotion. It's just about where the most money comes from. And we know that Kentucky is a program that makes a ton of money, Derek. It is. Um, along those lines, Ben asked uh, basically the same question, but he also had a second part. But he said, any chance the national or name image likeness stuff happening in the next few months helps you, Kalen Hardy? Uh, we just discussed that. But he also said, and with all these shooters added, is this going to be Cal's worst defensive team? <laughs> Ben is a regular in the mailbag. We appreciate the question. Uh, I don't know. Can I tell you the one thing about Xavier Wheeler? What is it? He gets a lot of steals. He gets after it. Five foot ten. He's going to be scrappy, right? Yeah. Uh, fire for it. I don't really know off the top of my head. I looked at stats earlier, and there were games where he had four steals, five steals, three steals. Um, as far as other pieces, I, I expect Oscar Shibway to be a force on the block. I, I expect him to to be able to rebound his position. And we know that Cal is going to get guys to defend. We know Damian Collins is going to block shots. Yeah, uh, I actually don't think this is going to be a bad defensive team. No, I don't either. And I, I think that they're going to be able to do some things differently uh, as far as on the perimeter, will, will they go back to where will they, will they switch a lot of things on the perimeter with that backcourt with those guards? Um, I don't know. I, I want to wait and see what this final roster looks like before I'm ready to say it'll be a, a defensive team that struggles. But right here, Derek, uh, Xavier Wheeler averaged 1.7 steals per game this past season at Georgia. Just uh, giving off – let me let me go off some games here, and I'll read some stats off for you. So 
Here's three steals, three steals, five, three, three, four, two. He he had some games where he had zero, but he at least gets after it defensively. No question. No question. I like no team under Cal has been bad defensively, but I know that's also not the question. The question was would it be his worst here at UK? And uh Kellen I don't Grady, think so. Kellen Grady averaged uh still a game as a sophomore, 1.2 steals per game as a junior. Now I know that's not all the categories. I mean, obviously you can pick off a pass or do anything, but I want to watch tape on all these guys whenever the roster is set. Like, and I'm not talking just their highlights, because if you go watch a highlight tape, you're getting the best of the best. Nobody puts mm-hmm. the, the crappy stuff up <laughs> in their highlight. It would be field. a highlight then, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a highlight. So I'm going to go back when this is all said and done, Derek, and I'm going to have some – I will call it summer reading, even though I'm not reading. It will be like my summer film breakdown. And I'm going to go over like a two- or three-week period, and I'm going to watch multiple games on all these guys on this roster that are new. And I will have – I'm going to break down scouting reports, and we will go player by player – discussing episode by episode breaking down their game and we will get into the defensive side of it the offensive side of it we'll break down every single thing about it whether this is an overrated excuse me overrated aspect or not I don't know but there's probably got to be something to having most of your roster having been in a college basketball program before they should understand what it takes on the defensive level, and I think that will help. Like, there shouldn't be as much of an adjustment period that we always yeah. hear about with guys who are lazy on defense in high school or not having to play hard. Like, that should not be – there shouldn't be as much teaching, I would say, on Cal's end, I would think, having a more veteran roster. So that's why I don't think it'll be his worst uh, defensive team. I'm not saying they're going to suffocate teams like some of his teams have in the past, but I don't I don't think it's going to be a uh, just a huge issue. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. David Wood asks, uh, with the transfer portal being another option in recruiting now, do you see UK changing its recruiting strategy in coming years? Like only offer certain high-rated high, high rated, uh, high school kids and then get proven college players out of the portal, which is going to be a mystery year to year. It will be a mystery year to year. I, I agree with that. I think it will be. Um, the one thing that's going to change, though, too, Derek, is – when it comes to college players, we're obviously seeing this huge influx of players in the portal right now because it's just now happening, the one-time transfer rule. So what will like, – we expect players to go into the portal every year, but will it be upperclassmen all the time, or will it be mostly freshmen that have played elsewhere or younger players going in the portal? I do think they'll recruit fewer high school kids, though. I do, too. That class. Is, yeah. Yeah. Now, so, 22, I could, I could see 22 being a class where they load up on high school guys. Uh, yeah, or 23. I mean, yeah. Wagner and some other guys. Yeah, and, that, uh, and I expect it to be, honestly, you know, Antigua talked about it the other day when he met with us on, on Zoom, was talking about they're still going to recruit the best players. Yeah. Like they're going to, and we expect that to happen. And with this, with the NIL stuff, I think that Kentucky's going to get 
elite talent from high school, but I think then it becomes blending it with the portal. And I think the portal will be how Kentucky in the past has had to go get, you know, the Johnny Juzangs or the Jamal Bakers, somebody that kind of fitted yeah, exactly. the need that they were getting late. Now they're going to go get someone who's experienced and then you can kind of you know what you're getting then. You're not having you're not asking a freshman to come in and do that need that you have. That's exactly where I was going with it. Glad you said it. Still recruit the best high schoolers you can get. Hope that they're elite. Instead of having to wonder so much on a guy who might be a reclass or if you don't know that they'll really help you that early. Instead of them being unhappy that they're not playing or whatever and that might end up leaving anyway. You could take either a young guy who you know a little bit about, or you can take a veteran guy if they're only going to be there a year or two anyway and know what you're getting. And that's where I think the biggest difference will be. And honestly, it should actually make Kentucky better. It should. In theory, doing it that way. We'll see if that actually happens. But Let me ask uh, you a question here, Derek. Okay. This one comes from Keith. What do you think UK's roster would have looked like without the transfer portal this year? <laughs> would have been very thin. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah, might have been net going to tryouts if uh, <laughs> that would have happened. Uh, no, I mean, it's hard to say. Obviously, transfer portal work in both ways. Like, Askew would still be here. Fletcher, you know, a lot of that class still would have been here. Um, you would have obviously had to sign more high school kids, though. You would have. I think part of the reason they only signed three was, well, uh, I guess technically two right now with Hickman being out. Um, but adding Ty Ty into that, it's three. Uh, yeah, it would have been – I don't think it would have been anywhere near as good next year had you not had that kind of option to to get guys. Yeah, and uh, UK Shane has a question. Who do you think will be our two point guards? I think it will be Ty Ty and Wheeler. Ding, 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 Shane. I believe you're you're spot on with it. I believe that's who it'll be, Derek. I do too. Yeah, I don't. I think that's where we've settled on that. To yeah. be, I think we got everybody. And uh, um, Kyle asked a question here. Let's say you get Tata. Would you rather have Wheeler or Alvarado, and why? We we didn't answer that one, did we? I don't think we directly answered it. Um, and and this goes back to. I guess what I said earlier, I mean, Alvarado tore it up in, during the ACC tournament. I know that's a big name, that if he does go on the portal, Derek, uh, Kentucky fans would instantly be connected to it and want him in Lexington, regardless, I think, of who's on the roster. Um, but knowing what we know and stuff right now, and just Kentucky obviously sees a a major fit with Wheeler and the way that he pieces alongside these guys off the ball that Kentucky already has, and then Tata Washington when, when that gets done. Um, I think that I would still – I think I would go Wheeler just based off of what he brings to the table along with what UK has. I'm with you. I'm with you on uh, on Wheeler, and that's that's the more realistic option anyway, I think. So Make can sure. we get everybody now on that? I believe we did, and I need now to uh, – to go into the DMs, and I, I'm, I apologize if we miss someone because I think we've got questions from a week ago. <laughs> so because we've not done a mailbag in a while, um, I'm just scrolling down through here and making sure I don't miss anything. Um, 
So, Chris, did we get that one from Chris? On have we had a mailbag since when was our last mailbag episode? I don't remember. <laughs> since then. Uh, okay, we've answered that one. Okay, I remember you answering that one. So let's just start with one that I do know. So, uh, all right. So this was Wyatt asked this on Thursday. So this has been a while, and I just want to get to it because I don't want to miss a question. A super late question for your next mailbag. I know Jaden Hardy is leaning G League, but he set his commitment date May 15th, and Tata Washington moved his to the 15th with a lot of Kentucky buzz right now. Am I reading into it too much, thinking they're going to commit as a package to Kentucky? And I think a lot of people thought that, uh, Derek, that when they saw 15th and then they saw Tata put the 12th, and then he's like, wait, no, 15th it is. That maybe it was some kind of <laughs> constructed plan from John Calipari uh, putting out there that he he wanted some positive buzz together. And, I mean, if it ends up being a college choice for Hardy, I think Kentucky would be the pick. But to me – and I think that people – I think that, you know, Ty Ty told Jack the other day that it was because where he's graduating high school on Friday, he he wants to have a ceremony or something at his high school to announce, and that's why it was shifted. He said that he realized that the 12th was on a Wednesday and stuff. I'm of the belief that Jaden Hardy is going to announce that he's going to the G League on Saturday, and then Kentucky fans are going to get positive news with Ty Ty Washington going to Kentucky – and possibly more news with Xavier Wheeler that I think that it could be a PR stunt that Kentucky might pull and get positive news back-to-back. Am I am I crazy for thinking that? No, I mean, I think – I don't even know anymore, though, but the PR stuff, they've been kind of bad at that for a while now. So uh, Putting out a video that had highlights of Davion Mintz playing in Kentucky the, Jersey and then announcing he's he, going to the draft the yeah, same so. day. I don't have enough on to give UK credit for any of that because I don't know that they're even thinking about it in those terms. Uh, also, having your two new assistant hires speak on a Saturday morning in uh, May. But whatever. Uh, no, I don't I don't think it's going to be a package deal. I don't know. Maybe UK sold it that way, um, hoping, you know, to those guys when they're recruiting them that they could have that turnout. I mean, I, I really think Hardy – Choosing to go to UK would be like an all-time shocking recruiting win. Is that crazy? You're not. It, it, I mean, there's not been any like buzz with him to UK until what? Like, very. It just seems like I don't think it's real, and maybe I'll end up being wrong. And if I am wrong, I'll come on here a week after he's committed because I'll be gone. <laughs> I don't up to it, but uh, I, I just think it's last-minute buzz. It's not real, and I don't know. Maybe it is real. I'm not really buying it. I've, been around long enough that those things usually if you're dead set on somewhere for six months that's usually what ends up happening despite any last minute buzz yeah and tanner is in the mill bag again uh say we land tata what guard best compliments his game for our roster mince alvarado or wheeler i think we answered something similar to this yeah. Derek. uh and it's a hard one. I mean, obviously, we, we, we mentioned, like, how much we like Mints and everything. Was Mints in the last one, though, that you answered Mints? Was he in the last? Or uh, was Wheeler in the last one? It was just uh, Alvarado or Wheeler. Okay. Um, uh, 
we it's saw a thing because it's pretty much been figured out that it's going to be Wheeler. So yeah, and it's whether hard. we discuss other things or not, I don't. Well, oh, and two, it was one of those things that you know we saw they they didn't give Mintz the the reins of point guard until the final few games of the season last year. So then you would go into this year kind of in the same spot, but with a, what you're hoping is a better point guard in Ty Ty Washington, which then I think would I think if Ty Ty's the only true lead guard on the roster, I don't think it allows him to be as good as he can be. Derek, I, I actually think that UK and I'm I'm interested to see when everything becomes official, like when if all this goes as planned and we get two commitments to Kentucky from those two, uh I'll be speaking planning to speak with some people from Tata's camp and, you know, met, I met his family and discussed and talked to him for thirty minutes the other night at the Iverson Classic. I would like to know exactly what the pitch was if it ends up being Sabir Wheeler and Tata Washington. Something tells me that it's you can come to Kentucky and play the point. And you can also come to Kentucky and showcase yourself off the basketball because his dad has been liking a lot of my tweets today. <laughs> and his dad has also been going on the record saying off the ball in almost everything he says. So I think that Kentucky has pitched that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think so too. And It's good to have that versatility back there, especially probably one of the biggest things that came away again. I didn't watch this past weekend, but just from seeing you and some of the other guys who were there, just that he has such a pure shot and that he should shoot the ball pretty well. Um, I just like the variety that gives you in the backcourt for sure. And in some ways, I mean, I think he could complement this roster better than what Hickman would have. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to make sure I haven't missed anything else. I, I'm sure I have. And if I have somebody, okay, here's one. Uh, this comes from Ryan. A couple of questions. One, what do you make of Brooks' situation at this point? I think he's talking to Owen Chen about his role, play under new coaches, something else. I, I do think that staff, roster attrition, everything's playing a part in why that's taking so long, Derek. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think Keon's in a spot where it's anybody, really, these days in college basketball, but just know everything about your situation for the next year, and I don't blame him at all. He's at a critical point, I think, in his career. I mean – Again, not a lot of guys stay at UK for three years, I think. He's trying to figure out probably what's in his best interest for his future if he thinks he'll have a big role in this team and can parlay that into you know, a draft pick or whatever the next year, or maybe he can go somewhere else and that'll do that better for him. I think it's all these kids, they have the right to do that. and It's smart to me if you're – Brooks or his family or whoever plays a part in his decision-making to see what the roster looks like, see what your coaching staff looks like, reevaluate if you like it, then come on back. Because at this point, I don't think there's any serious professional opportunities for him. Or, I mean, I just I just don't see that being the case. I think he's either – I mean, I'll go, I, I think he's coming back, honestly. Yeah, but I do I mean, too. I, I think it makes sense for him to – and take his time though. Yeah, and the second question from Ron is: We are thin at the five. If Oscar gets in foul trouble or hurt, Cal can't afford to be held hostage by a raw beanpole. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, uh, Damian Collins is definitely thin, but I just I don't think they're going to add another big, Derek. I really don't. I just think that they're going to roll the dice with with Lance Ware and developing Lance Ware as as a sophomore. 
and and hope. And I, I do. I've said it multiple times that I do think if Lance Ware stays committed to the Kentucky program, that he could be a very important piece and a solid piece for the program at some point. Maybe that's as a sophomore. Maybe a full off season in the weight room. We know he's in Lexington. We know he's been in Lexington. I'm sure he's putting in work, Derek, and and he seems to be committed to the process. I don't think you're adding another front court player without losing somebody. They're, they're not. Court, so. And then three future rec- recruiting targets now that the staff is in place. So obviously, any connections to Orlando Antigua, Chin Coleman, maybe sh- that Chicago pipeline gets fired up again. Derek, uh, any anything you want to throw up? off the top of your head. I mean, obviously we've not really, and we will dive into that 2022 class as we get to the summer. Once this thing is wrapped up, that's what our focus then will become. Yeah, I, I don't, I just cover so little basketball recruiting that it's hard for me to have any idea who, who those guys might target. So instead of giving you guys a bunch of BS, I, I don't know anybody. I mean, we can, be. we can give you names and stuff rolling through. I mean, we obviously, we know Jaden Bradley there at the top of the list. I mean, Scott Clark's already committed. Uh, you got Cason Wallace. I know crystal ball predictions there for UK. I just remember that was a class. That I think we had a similar question. I went through and it looked kind of iffy that they would be able to get a top ten guy as it stood right now. Yeah, perhaps that will change though. Uh, I mean, Bates George. is going to go G League, right? I know he's entertaining these other college offers, but he's even Jalen Duran's got you know picks for the pros. But will the NIL he, stuff change? He would be the guy though, right? Yeah. But they're will, gonna get an elite guy. Will the NIL when will the NIL stuff change it though? Like now that that's becoming a factor, that's the class that's going to affect first. Mm-hmm. Will be that. Uh, so I can't really we can't really. I think we had another question too, if I'm not mistaken. I believe there was another question talking about possible targets that we may have missed in the mailbag, and I don't want to throw stuff out there because right now we've not had the the offers and stuff aren't going out. There's not the evaluation periods going on. Uh, I know the EYBL is working on getting something together this summer, Derek, that I, I don't think it's going to be the the normal Indy, Atlanta, Dallas, whatever, Peach Jam thing. I think it could just be one big event depending on what happens with COVID-19 and everything this summer. It's a good point with the evaluation period. Obviously, they lost a whole year that last year. So... That that should give you a better idea of some other guys in 22 and, and beyond. And that was the question. Keith Keith had one. It was next year, Chin, O, and J will have hit the trails for recruiting. Who do you think are the most likely offers and then signees? Uh, Keith, that, that's a really good question. And I think that's three really big names going to be out on the recruiting trail for Kentucky. And if when evaluations return, we'll probably have a better understanding of who that will be. But I'm going to hold off on that question for now. Do you think so, Derek? And just kind of give it, and then yeah, as we get as we get deeper into the summer, Keith, get back in the mailbag with that same question. I promise you, we'll go in depth with it a little more once we have a clear cut idea of what they're going to be doing. Yeah, I, I think it's a good strategy. So I'm trying to make sure I've not missed anything else, Derek. I think we've just about covered it all. I know. Let me see. Do you have anything in your mailbag? I did not. Okay, let me see. I want to make sure that this isn't. I don't think that's mailbag. Got a lot of stuff in here. I <laughs> see. I get DMs all the time, and I'm so sorry if I don't reply. Here, here's one from five days ago. This was from Justin Derek. Do you remember getting this one on Thursday? 
Do you? Oh, that's the one. Okay, I see. Do you guys anticipate more programs and coaches in both football and basketball towing the line of what is allowed in the transfer portal era? More than tampering, but illegal benefits seem like it will be even harder to enforce these things with upperclassmen and players working out for NBA teams. I ask this because of Adam Miller and LSU. Seems fishy to me. Um, hard for me to know. I would say um, there's definitely a fine line out there with the tampering thing. Just because there's so many ways around communicating without communicating, basically. And uh, the illegal benefits, though, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think – I don't even know where I want to go with that just because I don't – I can't say for sure what's happening. And uh, I actually – maybe this is me sounding salty or whatever. I don't know. I'm not sure that UK was as connected to Adam Miller as what was put out there at first, though, to be completely honest. Just seeing who else they added that I just don't know that. Did we ever hear? It seemed like there was one guy. That's weird about it, and that's what we all went with. But I don't know that. I just don't know how serious it was on UK's end. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But, like, him going to LSU, I don't know. I don't know that LSU beat out Kentucky for Adam Miller, basically. No, and, and that's the thing. We don't know who had offers, who didn't have offers and stuff. Like how many it's guys – definitely tougher to know. I mean – It like, is because you don't have any reports and nobody's releasing. Like Unless they release like a top four or top six, then you know that those schools are kind of in the running there. Uh, but I will say this about LSU. I mean, certainly we know the reputation that's there and rightfully deserved. But at the Iverson Classic over the weekend – Multiple people said that as far as staff and relationships, nobody does a better job building relationships and staying in touch than LSU. And even Tata Washington's family said that to us, that as far as beginning to end, who stayed committed the most, talking the most, checking in the most, it was LSU. They say that that guy does not stop. I mean, it's obvious to uh... – the dude's on a wiretap talking about paying guys, so I get all the jokes, things like that. Um, but you still have to be good at other areas, I think. Like, I don't think everyone out there is just looking for a money grab. I think people still want to go to school and develop and, and do those things. And I don't even know what I want to say on the record about stuff like that, just – I mean, it's got to say something, though, right, that you can do all that and still be a coach. It does, yeah. In college, I mean, so take that for what it's worth. Like, every time, you know, there's always those jokes every time he gets a kid about what they're doing to get him, but so far nothing has stopped him. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I agree. Yeah, nothing nothing has certainly stopped him at all. He still has a job. So we'll – We'll see exactly what happens, and then we'll we'll do another mailbag soon, Derek. But we, we want to thank you all for entering the mailbag. If there were questions that were duplicates or similar and we didn't, you know, read it out, we, we apologize. Uh, but at least we discussed the topics that you wanted covered. As always, you can send in DMs. You can, you can tweet them at me. The easiest way to get them where we see them is to reply to the tweet. Uh, but if you want to get one in, if you just in case you don't want to miss a tweet, I know some of you, 
uh, have us on Twitter notifications because you you reply sometimes instantly as soon as we put the, the podcast up or something like that. That's probably the best way to go about making sure you see the tweet or uh, just check my Twitter feed uh, throughout the day as we get closer. If I if I say something on here about a mailbag, I will always mention a mailbag on an episode when it's getting close. So then you can start sending your stuff in. Or if you just want to get a question in that you're afraid you'll miss out or forget, uh, submit it. And uh, I always leave. The reason I don't reply to the DMs is I want to see it as an unopened message. That way I don't I don't pass somebody up. But uh, Derek, been another exciting mailbag. This one's brought to you by Buffalo Wings and Rings in London, London, Kentucky, right there off the I-75 exit in London. A uh, wonderful place to have dinner, watch a game, uh, get out to that location. I highly recommend it. Delicious menu with salads, appetizers, wings, chicken tenders, everything that you can think of. Uh, Buffalo Wings and Rings is the place to be. But he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 